We all know that this is a very unusual season. It's a season of a transition point. And in these very days, it was a transition point for Jesus. And as in all things, he is our example. He always has been. It was a transition point in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned and they're hiding. And often in English, we say, God said, where are you? But that's not what he said. In the Hebrew, God said, why are you where you are? Why are you where you are? You all know that in this season, Jesus had spent three and a half years walking the earth, healing and loving and teaching. And he goes to the cross and experiences agony that none of us can describe or imagine. He dies. And he goes to the tomb. And the tomb time was a drastic transition for him. Everything around him changed. There were no people around him. There was no sunlight in that tomb. It looked dark. But in the midst of that new season in the tomb, he kept his DNA. He knew who he was. But he expressed his DNA in a deeper, more hidden way than he had ever done before. When he walked the earth, he preached. 1 Peter 3, 18 and 20, and then chapter 4, verse 6, says that when he was in the tomb, he went to the lost souls, the ones that were lost before Noah's generation, and he preached the gospel to them. He went into a place of greater darkness than he had ever entered on his preaching ministry in the earth. And he penetrated that darkness. It was his same DNA, but it was more hidden. No one in the earth knew what he was doing in the heavenly realms. But he was preaching the gospel. Colossians 2.15 says that he literally descended into the pit of hell, face Satan, face on, all the powers, all the principalities, all the fallen angels, all the demons. In the previous season, he cast out demons. He put legion and pigs. But now he was expressing his DNA in a hidden way, but in a way of greater authority. And in the Greek, it uses a Roman word that when they conquered a city, they would put a chain around the emperor's neck and they would lead him, <clears throat> lead him up and down the streets of the city, lead him like a dog is the Greek term. And it says that Jesus entered <clears throat> 
met Satan face to face, put a chain around his neck and led him up and down the corridors and the pits of hell. And you can imagine the shriveling screams and the shirking back of powers and principalities who knew they were nothing. If in this hidden place, Jesus could do this to Satan. He was in his same DNA, but he knew a transition point had come. And it was time for him to step into his DNA in a higher realm. He leaves the folded grave clothes behind to say, I will never step into that old season again. And he comes forth. And he moves in the same DNA of love and encouragement and wisdom. But now he's on a higher realm. He moves through locked doors. He comes and he goes. He floats effortlessly between heaven and earth. It's a new season. Same DNA, but higher authority. He breathes on the disciples. And he reveals scripture to them. To say to them and to say to us. If you don't see me in the Old Testament, you don't really know me. The scripture he breathed on them was what we call the Old Testament. And he was emphasizing, if you only know about these three and a half years, you don't know me. And he breathes into them a depth of revelation that had never been in the earth before. It's a new season. Higher realm. And then it's another transition point. And he ascends to heaven. Same DNA. Same love. Same power. Same authority. But Hebrews 7 says now his DNA has morphed. And he's interceding that every one of us will receive the fullness of the kingdom of God, the fullness of everything that is kingdom. The transition point was not as easy for the disciples. When Jesus goes into the tomb, they go into the room fearful. And even after they run to see the empty tomb, something hasn't registered inside. They can't embrace the transition. So they run back to the upper room and they are locked in fear. And John says they locked the door for fear. And when the disciples were on the road to Emmaus, they didn't recognize him. You see, the disciples were full of fear because they didn't understand this was a transition point. The disciples on the road to Emmaus were full of, don't you know what the world is saying? Don't you know what the news is? In Jerusalem. And they 
couldn't see him. And it makes me wonder if Jesus ever wanted to say to them what the Father said to Adam and Eve. Why are you where you are? This is the first time in all of world history that the entire world has been invited to a Shabbat, a rest, or if you will, to a tomb time. And for those with eyes to see, this is your transition point. Jesus redefined the tomb. Because of his victory in that tomb, the tomb is now a peaceful, quiet place where love and authority reigns. It's a place of rest. It's a place to lay aside our grave clothes. Of all the ways we think the anointing has worked and the glory has worked and this is what the church does and this is who I am and this is the way I pray. This is our golden opportunity to lay the grave clothes down. And this is our opportunity to wait upon him just like Jesus did. And to hear, how does he want you to express his DNA in you now? Because it's not the same as it has been. This is a worldwide transition point. This is an invitation of Jesus saying, please come into the tomb. It's safe. It's restful. Even if this past year has been Gethsemane after Gethsemane and crucifixion after crucifixion, come into the tomb, no matter if it's been the most blessed year of your life, I want to take you to a higher realm than you've ever known before. But you have to come and sit and rest. Lay down the grave clothes. And let me show you my God-given DNA for you for the next season. You see, dear ones, when we come out on the other side of this world season, he's going to say, why are you where you are? And either we're going to be glorious and filled with joy and go, because I sat in the tomb with you, Jesus, and I let you take my grave clothes and reveal to me a newer realm of your DNA in me than I've ever been before. Or else we'll go, what are you talking about, Jesus? And we just want the pastors to do it the same, the church to do it the same. We want to pray the same. We want to ask the same questions of people when we pray. We want to keep all our methods. Dear ones, this has never happened in world history. 
And it's no small thing. It's happening at this time on God's calendar. It is the most loving invitation to you to fix your eyes so on him that he can show you how to release that DNA in you in a way you've never seen before. So that you can come and be risen. That the same spirit which rose Christ from the dead can now rise within you. You can live from being lifted, risen into seated in heavenly places, into a realm of love and peace, of the of courseness of God. Of course he's good. Of course he's faithful. Of course he will have the last word. Of course he will triumph. Of course I need him for every thought and every emotion and every decision because I want to be saturated in the presence of the resurrected Messiah. This is your honor. This is his loving invitation to you. When Pentecost came, it was really quite a stretch for the disciples. Everything before the cross centered around one personality, Jesus Christ, and visually seeing him and visually him leading them. You go here, you go here, you do this. And suddenly at Pentecost, everything switches from personality driven to a personal relationship. And now instead of following the physical presence of Jesus, they're in intimate relationship with him, and that's what leads them. Dear ones, many have been led by the personality of a pastor, the personality of this apostle and prophet. That is good and wonderful, and we will always need them. But do not miss, beloved. This is a transition point in all of salvation history. Can we be the body without programs? Without a pastor leading and telling us what to do and go here and do this ministry. Can you hear and be? Can you receive the honor? You see, the early church wasn't just about signs and wonders, beloved. By the time we get to Acts, the disciples have embraced this major transition point in all history of salvation. And they know the power is in the personal relationship, hearing him themselves. And the power is gathering in oneness in prayer. And the apostles and prophets and the pastors of the early church, they laid the foundation. They were the revelators. They were the role models. But they didn't lead any of the ministries. The body did. You know about Stephen. He was martyred. But he really just waited on widows and orphans. He wasn't even a church leader. This is your time, beloved. 
You have been prepared. You are made for this season. If you've got breath, then every step of your journey ever since you came out of your mother's womb is ready for this. Don't believe the lies of the enemy and don't doubt what's in you. Go into the tomb. Have some quiet time with him. Let him take off the grave clothes of how you've thought of yourself or thought of church, thought of anything, whatever it is. And say, I'm made for this season, Jesus. The very fact I'm alive and I'm yours, I am made for this. Show me. How do you want me to release love now? Will it be in hidden places of prayer and worship? Will it be face to face? There's no place that's better than another. But we need you, beloved, to just be the you that you and Jesus are made to be. Don't hold back, darling. Don't hold back. Be the you. And let Jesus be the you that he's longing to be. Hebrews 12 says that when Jesus was enduring the cross, he didn't see the cross. But he saw what lay before him. He endured the cross for the joy on the other side and the joy on the other side was you. And every person in all history that's ever believed. Sweetheart, don't get lost in this season. Don't get lost in going up and down with every news report and every political thing. Don't give in to fear. Don't be like the ones on the road to Emmaus and be filled with what the world is saying. Oh, darling, he is giving you an invitation of a lifetime. Rise up in a higher DNA of love and compassion for everyone in this season. All the ones that are grieving, all the ones that are serving, rise up in intercession and love. Loose your DNA like you've never loosed it before, but look beyond. Because on the other side of this, there is an invitation to an entirely new expression of the kingdom of God in the earth. I know, I know every one of you have heard all the prophecies that this is going to bring the greatest world harvest ever. I hope so. But honey, don't be deceived. It's not coming because it's prophesied. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit would bring the greatest harvest any moment, any day. They are not withholding. They're waiting on us. Every generation since the time of Jesus have had prophecies that the greatest world harvest is coming. Ho! We're ready for the greatest world harvest. But you see, prophecy just reveals the heart of God. You bet. He would bring it any moment in every place. 
He's waiting on us. We are his body. So we have to throw off all the old grave clothes. If everything we have done would have brought world harvest, it would have come by now. But it hasn't. And a pandemic isn't going to bring it. As each one of us following in the footsteps of Jesus, following in the footsteps of the disciples and going, you know what? I'm going to go in the tomb and I'm going to let Jesus show me my grave clothes. And then I'm going to let him show me that I am made for this season. I am on this earth for a purpose, whether it's hidden or people know it is irrelevant. And I'm going to hear him whisper to me my value in this season. And it doesn't matter if anyone knows what it is. We're not about recognition from people. We just want Jesus to be at home in us. And let him live through you in the way you are created to rise up in this season. You're made for this, dear ones. But by the unction of the Holy Spirit, I will give you a little caveat, darling. Every time you agree with judgment, criticism, whether it's against a political figure, medical officials, the media, your pastor, your spouse, every time you judge somebody or you get offended, your love gets a little colder. And faith works by love. So your faith gets a little lower. So you can pray your heart out 24-7, but you're not praying with much power. You're not. Don't be deceived. You're not. And the disciples understood it. When they gathered in that upper room, they weren't railing on the Roman government or on this group or that group. They came to focus in on the love of Jesus and to hear Jesus' voice themselves and to hear it in oneness. And they released... They released exactly the kingdom of God that was appointed for that age. And now it sounds stunning and it may sound exaggerative, but you can't miss it, dear ones. We are in an age the world has never seen. And he's inviting every one of us, if you will, to an Easter like we've never had. And to a resurrection. And to discover his DNA in us that you can love in a higher realm and with greater authority than you ever have before. I read a quote from a rabbi, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, and he said, We who believe. We are Abraham's successors in carrying on the blood covenant, and we are heralds of the Messiah. Mm. 
Every one of us are here by the blood covenant of Jesus, and we are heralds of the Messiah. He loves you. It's an honor. He made you to be alive right now, beloved. And he wants to show you more beautiful things about yourself and one another than you've ever dreamed. So I invite you. Let's take communion together right now. But let's take it like the persecuted church. You remember. They knock on the jail cell three times. And then someone knocks back. And then they take it with, if you will, the invisible bread and cup. So I knock to you. And now we take the bread in our mouth, the bread of his presence. Now lift the cup of his blood. Oh, drink every drop. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless these beloved ones with the fullness of the blood covenant, the fullness of your Holy Spirit, the fullness of the honor that you have graced us to be alive now, and I bless them with the clarity to wait and to hear the beautiful voice of the Messiah revealing to them the expansion of their God-given DNA in this season. 